Good morning. So glad to see everyone here. There's definitely other things to be doing uh, this weekend, um, but I'm glad that all of you guys have either chosen uh, on purpose or uh, just happened to be here this weekend, and so I'm glad I can uh, open the word with you guys. So if you guys want to turn to 2 Samuel chapter, chapter 12. This is not necessarily, as, as the title says, sin has consequences. That's not like an, uh, an appealing topic to come to. If you guys saw the bulletin last week, maybe that, maybe, I don't know if that would have kept you away or not. Maybe you didn't pay attention to it, but it's not necessarily uh, the most enjoyable thing to talk about is, is sin. Um, it's not, um, and definitely not going to necessarily talk about any of your sins. I don't know all you well enough. Even if I did, I wouldn't be directing at any of you. Um, uh, I have, as I've been studying, it's just, I mean, the Lord's just been revealing things that I know that I need to work on. Uh, and so most of these things I'm talking to myself and hopefully will apply to all of you as well. That You guys can get something out of it. Uh, if you guys know me, um, if you have ever been to my office at camp when I was there, I had uh, this picture. Uh, does anyone know what this picture is from? Does anyone? Oh, you guys can say it out loud. Does anyone know? Super Bowl is not Super Bowl. FCA. Uh, so FCA. I was involved in, F in FCA when I was in high school, uh, in middle school. Um, wasn't involved with it uh, any other time, but... This uh, picture uh, had a huge influence, is what the kind of the title is, is influence. It had a big influence in my life to think about the things that I was doing that would reflect Christ. Uh, and so we're all uh, either the boys sitting on the ground or we're the little boy with the football uh, looking at the older kids. Regardless of what stage of life that you're in, you are an influence to someone else. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the point of view that I would love uh, for you guys to think about as we talk about David is uh, um, who am I looking to and who is looking at me um, and uh, in trying to emulate me or who am I trying to emulate. Um, so with this uh, picture, I'm going to read you uh, a little poem that goes with it. Um, that is at least on, on uh, the poster that I have of this one. It says, little eyes upon you. There are little eyes upon you, and they are watching you day and night. There are little ears that quickly take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do everything you do, and a little child who's dreaming of the day they'll be like you. You're the little child's idol. You're the wisest of the wise. In their mind about you, no, sus no suspicion can rise. There's a wide-eyed little child who believes you're always right. Their ears are always open, and they watch day and night. You're setting an example every day in all you do for the little child who is waiting to grow up to be just like you. For those of you who take pictures and want to know that. Uh, you guys can take a picture of that. But, but that's what I've been thinking about as, as I've been reading about David and thinking about David. Not only are people in his life, his children, uh, his servants, 
the uh, world around him at the time um, are looking at him. But we right now are looking at his life and his successes and his failures. Um, And so each one of you, um, if you have kids, you don't have kids, uh, you have at some point in your life looked at someone um, who is older than you uh, and thought, hey, I want to be like them. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's your mother. Um, And the influences and the choices that they made. Um, And maybe some of those are good. So maybe some of those are bad. Um, and you wrestle with those today, and the things that you choose today in your life, regardless of your age, if you're, in a, if you're an adult, if you are a parent, or if you're in high school right now, the choices that you make today will affect the rest of your life for good or for, good or for bad. Um, and so um, it's something to consider. It's a heavy weight um, that's upon us, um, but... Um, but we are an example, even if we don't think we are, someone is watching you today. Um, someone's watching you tomorrow. What will you do uh, with, your, with your time? So kind of some background as uh, we uh, travel back into, um, into this passage. Um, we're going to be uh, looking at, at David. Um, before we start, let's just... Uh, commit our time to the Lord again. Heavenly Father, we are thankful we can open your word. Uh, Father, we're so thankful that that you don't, um, or you hadn't, removed uh, uh, the, the failures uh, in people's lives um, and only made uh, your word just about the good things um, and the successes in life. Uh, Father, um, we're so thankful that uh, we can see uh, failures uh, not because of, uh, of what they mean, of, of being disobedient, but, Father, of just how much you love us and your desire for restoration. And, Father, we just uh, come before you as we open this word. Um, and, Father, we just pray that uh, you would give us ears to hear um, and, that, uh, and that you would be glorified in it all. And so we just commit this time to you in your son's name. Amen. So a little background. Um, David... Um, this was given in, uh, sorry, in Deuteronomy 17, uh, 14 through 17, of, of things a king should not do. Uh, it says that they should not multiply horses or go down uh, to Egypt to get horses. It says that they should not multiply wives because they will turn uh, the king's heart away. And the king should not increase silver and gold for himself. And so we kind of see in this passage that we're about to read that he does some of these things, or he has done some of these things. Um, and then we uh, move on um, in what David should have been doing uh, before, of his, before his sin. In, first, or in 2 Samuel um, 11, 1, and it talks about it in, I think, First Chronicles 2, that um, in the spring uh, he should uh, go out to war with, with the people, but he chose to stay behind. Um, and so that's when, uh, that's when this uh, sin that happened occurred. Um, and there's this quote by uh, Samuel Johnson. It says, if you are idle, be not solitary. Uh, do not be alone. Uh, if you are alone or solitary, be not idle. Um, it's so important. I know at least in my life, if I'm idle or if I'm by myself, um, at least for me, that's when... Um, Sin stirs up in my life. 
Um, maybe it's the same for you. But when I read this, it was such a great reminder for me of just uh, making sure that, um, that if I am by myself, I'm not idle. I'm doing something. I am purpose, uh, my hand uh, to, to do something that is profitable for the Lord. Um, and if I'm... Um, and if I uh, am solitary uh, or, you know, idle, um, I would not do one of those things. So if you are idle, be not solitary. If you are solitary, be not I- idle. And I was, I was reading some commentaries. Warren Wiersbe pointed out this point. He said, when David had laid aside his armor, he took the first step toward moral defeat. The same principle applies to believers today. And what, he's, uh, what he was, and what he further goes on to more is Ephesians chapter 6. Does anyone know what Ephesians chapter 6 talks about? Verses uh, 10 through 17? The armor of God? Yep, the armor of God. We must put the armor of God on daily. David took his armor off, uh, literally, and did not go to war um, and set aside himself to be uh, by himself. I mean, he had some servants, but but not his uh, normal uh, group of people around him. And, uh, and it led him down a path of sin. Did you put your armor on this morning? Did you put it on yesterday? Will you put it on again uh, tomorrow? That is something that uh, it has convicted me is... Am I putting on the armor of God on a daily basis? When I don't put on the armor of God, when I'm not in God's word, if I'm not um, being about his business, that's when, that's when sin occurs. And we get to uh, the judgment that basically he gave uh, to himself in 2 Samuel 12, uh, 6. And, and, uh, and Bob talked about this. It says in 2 Samuel 12, 6, it says, And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb, because he did not, because he did this thing, because he had no pity. And so, um, I have the word uh, chastening uh, up there, because that is what I feel uh, David received, uh, was, was chastening from the Lord. Um, in Hebrews 12, verse uh, 5 uh, through 8, it says, um, this is verse 6, but for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. The Lord loved David. David really didn't get what he deserved. He should have died. Um, but um, the Lord was gracious uh, to him because of his, um, because of his um, asking for, for, for forgiveness, his, his pleading with, with God um, and um, in his uh, repentive heart. Um, God was gracious with him. And so we see here uh, four, um, four things, and there's other things that would happen too, but these are the four, four big things um, that, um, that David would have to go through. And so two of these we'll be talking about uh, uh, today, Bathsheba and, and Amnon, um, and, and, what, and what happened in their life. So the first consequence of David's sin uh, was the loss of his child. Um, and it's mentioned here that it, it's Uriah's widow's child. That was what Bathsheba, uh, that's kind of her identity. She, 
she was Uriah's wife. Um, and, um, and it's kind of a God honoring uh, Uriah, uh, who is innocent in all of this, but, uh, but he is being honored in this, in this, in this sense. Um, so let's, let's read uh, just a few uh, verses. Uh, verse uh, 15 of 2 Samuel 12. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and laid all night on the ground. So the elders of this house, or of his house, arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he did not heed our voice. How can we tell him the child is dead? He may, uh, he may do some harm. And then he realized um, they were whispering in verse 19, and uh, he asked them if they were dead, and they said yes. Verse 20, so David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes and he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house and when he requested, they set food, uh, they set food before him and he ate. And they asked him, um, verse 21, then the servant said to him, what is it that you have done? You have fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said to them, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I, um, uh, for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the Lord may live, or the child may live, and now he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Shall I, go, uh, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And so we see uh, David inquired of God. He fasted for, for seven days while the child was alive. Um, God allowed this because God loves to talk with us. God, it, it was probably a long time since David had spent time with the Lord um, because of his sin and being in sin. Um, sin separates us. And so, you know, maybe he was you know, spending a little time Reading, maybe he was, you know, singing, singing songs at some point. But when we are in sin and living in sin, uh, at least I know for myself, um, I'm usually not in the Word very much. Um, I'm usually more distant, um, or you know, I, I know it with my wife as well. That if I am in sin or am doing or have done something that is is wrong, uh, there is a there's a distance, there's a break of relationship, and so. Uh, so yeah, it was good for David uh, after being re uh, restored um, to spend time in the presence of God. And, um, and that's what he did. And, uh, and it was probably well needed uh, in his life. And then when he realizes that, that God gave an answer, because he was looking for an answer, he was, he was praying and hoping that God would would spare his child's life, um, even though um, it was his sin uh, that caused it. It wasn't his child's sin that caused it. The child did nothing wrong. It, it was David and his sin that, that caused uh, this child to die. And so, um, 
he pleaded with God and God gave an answer. God, you know, God is, God is a just God. God is a God who is, who is true to his word. Uh, and, uh, and, and the child, um, and the child died. And so that was, that was God's answer. Um, and that was a great, and this is a great response, uh, a learning lesson for us that when, when, when God answers, um, then, you know, we get up, um, and, uh, and we can praise him for it. Uh, it is a, an age old question that I don't know if you have this question today, or maybe you've had it in the past is why, um, why do bad things happen to good people? Has anyone asked that question? Why do bad things happen to good people? Um, and we, that's a topic on its own, but, um, but what's interesting is, is who, who are good people? Are you a good person? Are you, are you a perfect person? Well, unfortunately, um, because of sin, uh, that's why evil happens, is because sin entered this world at the beginning uh, with, with Adam and Eve, uh, and so due to sin, um, yes, there are tragedies that that happen, um, and uh, it doesn't uh, evil doesn't pick uh, the good or the bad uh, in our sense, good and bad. The uh, believers or unbelievers, uh, sin um, and and uh, evil happen uh, to uh, to everyone. Um, one of Rearsby says, there are no easy answers to settle in our minds, but there are plenty of dependable promises to heal our hearts. And faith is nurtured on promises, not explanations. Uh, we see time and time again throughout scripture of different godly men and women uh, who have um, not understood uh, th- this sense of why you know, these bad things are happening. Um, some of it is because of our sin, the consequences of sin. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, it's just um, just something that you know bad that happens. But we can be um, confident that um, that the, that God is working. If you have time ever, turn to Hab- uh, uh, Habakkuk, and you can see Habakkuk realizing this that all these uh, that God is pronouncing all this um, all these bad things on the people because of their sin, uh, and Habakkuk realizes that. God's still in control, um, and I've been missing the fact that he has been working, and I'm not seeing it. I, I don't see the big picture. That's what Habakkuk realized. He doesn't see the picture, the big picture that God has um, uh, for, for his people, for, for himself, um, and so he continued to praise him. We see that in Job's life. We see that in many other believers' lives. When they come to realization that God is a good God, that God is a just God, um, and, uh, and sometimes uh, consequences have to happen immediately, and sometimes they happen later. Um, and so, faith is nurtured on promises, not explanations. Um, I think that's a, a good thought from, from, Weir and Wearsby, from Warren Wearsby. And so, God, God is uh, gracious, um, you know, um, well, I guess before we get to there, but uh, a, a verse, uh, this, this last verse, but now he has died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I'll go to him, but he will not return uh, to me. There's a couple other verses uh, in Matthew 18, 10 and 19, um, 
that point as well, uh, just the fact of uh, little children uh, who, uh, who are in heaven. And a great comfort uh, that can be to, to parents who have lost little ones, who, uh, who aren't able um, to uh, put their faith in Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so um, Matthew 18, verse 10, and 19, um, verse 14 um, if you have gone through a tragedy like that, I, I have not, um, and so, um, but uh, I, I feel your pain, and, and I, David feels your pain as well, of, of the loss of his child who had no, uh, you could say, chance, uh, but yet, um, um, but yet the Lord loves them as well, um, and so may we... Um, Maybe may you rest. May we rest in that 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 the Lord loves uh, the little children as well. Um, in James chapter one verse uh, two through four, it says, uh, "Consider it all joy when you face various trials." And this is a, a trial that uh, that you're, uh, that uh, Bathsheba and David were going through, um, and I think in the end, uh, I think they did find. Enjoying it, knowing that God was in control, that God had purposes. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a needed event in David's life to bring him back uh, to, to his heavenly father. Um, and, uh, and so sometimes that chastening, that those trials that God puts uh, is to strengthen our faith. So God was good. He restored David. Um, and... Uh, he, uh, it says that he took off um, or changed his clothes. And if you look out throughout scripture, when, when people change their clothes, it's, uh, it, it symbolizes a new beginning. There is a new beginning in David's life, uh, that he was restored from his, from his sin. There are still consequences to his sin because God is a, God is a good God. God, is, uh, God cares and loves us, and he chastened him um, because of, of his sin, uh, just like how uh, you as fathers or mothers or your parents have, uh, have chastised you, have, uh, has, have disciplined you, and it's for your own good, uh, so, that, uh, so that you wouldn't go down a path that you shouldn't. And so, uh, and so God is, uh, is a God of comfort, uh, and through uh, probably those prayers and that time that David had, uh, God comforted him and, and, and molded David and reminded him of all the um, times that, that God was with him. Um, and through that, David was able to, to comfort, um, to comfort his, his wife, as it has changed now to his wife, um, 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 Bathsheba. And so they have, they have a child. And they name uh, him Solomon, which is, uh, is the word, or means uh, peaceable. And then Nathan comes, comes by uh, and gives him a second name, uh, Jedidiah, which means loved by the Lord. Um, and God had great things for Solomon uh, to do. Um, and we uh, will maybe learn about that and hear more about Solomon. But, uh, but Solomon was the one who was going to be charged to build the house uh, uh, for the Lord. He was going to have a peace uh, in the land. Um, and, and Solomon did great things for the Lord. Uh, it was used by him. 
Uh, he had these two names, and I'm sure because of these two names, one given uh, to him by his parents and one given him to, uh, to him by God uh, through Nathan, um, that I'm sure that uh, David and Bathsheba would remember the loss of this, the, this child. Um, and, and the two names probably reminded them of this lost child often. One thing I, I, I just want to note is that even though uh, if, you have, if you have sinned uh, or when you sin, uh, we all have sinned and some are big and small, but uh, even if it is a really big sin, uh, God still loves you. God desires to be, for you to be restored. He, res- he desires for you to repent and come back. God wasn't done with David. David did an awful thing, a really awful thing um, that affected many, many lives. Um, you know, he, he was, wasn't thinking straight, and, it, and he thought maybe he could get away with it. Who knows? That, um, but he did it, several bad things, but God still used him. Uh, he was restored. Yes, there's consequences, uh, but he was restored. I don't, I don't know um, all of you in here, and I don't know what you're going through today. But if you feel like that God can't use you, if you feel that you can't put your faith in the Lord Jesus because you're, uh, you're too sinful, David, sorry, that's not that's Solomon, but David, David was a, did a bad thing. David committed adultery. David had someone murdered. I don't know of any of you, I, mean, I don't know of any of you who have done both of those things, and David did other things too. He tried to hide it. He did lots of bad things. Uh, maybe that's your story. I don't know. But God loves you. God loves da- God, God loved David. God loved Bathsheba. And it would have been a different story if David hadn't repented. So I don't know where you're at today, but if you haven't repented, do so today. God, God still loves you. God, uh, God still wants you uh, to be restored. God wants that relationship back with you. And so, uh, and so if you haven't done that in the first place, if you haven't put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, do it today. He loves you. He wants that relationship with you. If you have um, put your faith in him before and you're running away from him, turn around. He desires restoration with you. God uh, is a God who loves to restore. Um, there's so many verses that we see that that why are we still why are we were still sinners? Christ died for the ungodly. That was that was our story. Maybe that was your story too. So just like David, if that's today, change your clothes. Have a new have a new beginning. Have a new uh, have a new life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of, of new beginnings. Um, if you need a new beginning. Let's do it. So life kind of goes back to normal um, after uh, Solomon is, is born. Um, uh, Joab is continuing to, to fight um, against Rahab and, uh, and the people of, of Ammon. And, uh, and so 
I don't know why Joab did this. Um, he's kind of a conniving man for his own, his own needs. And, but uh, regardless of what happened, uh, Joab gets uh, David to go back to the battle, which is you know, a good thing. And uh, so they take the land, uh, they take the city. Uh, there was this large crown uh, that, that they took from the king. I think I read somewhere that it was like between 50 and 75 pounds, which you probably don't want to have in your head very long. Um, but he took the crown and he brought back a great amount of spoils, which um, I don't know if it was for himself, if it was for the building of the temple, um, but, um, but regardless, they, they continued on with war and they had success, that God uh, granted them success. Uh, God, if he wasn't with, uh, with David, you know, they would have lost. Uh, but, but God, again, um, just shows of that, that continued support of David uh, in, in winning this battle. We get to chapter 13 uh, in Amnon and, and Tamar, which is a really sad situation. Um, and so a couple verses, um, with time we won't necessarily read them, but uh, in Galatians 6, 6, it talks about what you reap, you will sow. David reaped sin for a while. Uh, and and what, he, what did he sow? He sowed, um, uh, he sowed um, unruly children. Uh, James uh, 4.17 says, Therefore, uh, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And up here again it says in James 1.14-16, it gives kind of pro- progressions uh, of, of our sin that temptation, lust... Uh, our temptation goes into lust and, and lust develops into to sin when it's acted upon and sin when it's acted upon and has its uh, end result, uh, its death. Um, and so we see that in, in Amnon's life. And um, there's, a, there's a stat I want to read you. It's from the Family Research Council and it says, kids these days are shaped by watching their parents. That's the takeaway from the Culture Research Center. Young children are watching their parents, they're listening to their parents, and they're trying to put those two things together, says uh, George Barna. The problem is that they're seeing a contradiction between word and deed. The conclusion we discover that children draw is, what a shame. My parents seem as confused as I am, so this faith that they're thinking about must not have all the answers. Um, the stat, one of the stats I read, it said that of American parents who have children under the age of 13 have a true biblical worldview. Man, that's sad. And they might have what they say a biblical worldview, and you can look up what a true biblical worldview is, but they mix the biblical worldview with with, with other ideologies uh, that are going around in this world. And so... Yeah, maybe they are a churched people, um, but the things that, um, that they're learning uh, or, or sharing are not a true biblical worldview. Um, and so that's something to look into more, is do I have a true biblical worldview? Um, so food for thought. Because as it studies says, only 2% of Americans American parents today have a true biblical worldview. And so, 
And so David, um, I think I read there's at least 21 or 20-ish um, names recorded of children. So he had at least 21 kids, probably a lot more, uh, to his concubines that he had. Um, and maybe even some that aren't listed from, from his wives. That's a lot of kids. Like, I have six. And it's hard for me to nurture and care for every one of them in, in their needs. It's, it's work. And I don't have David's life. David had um, some men before him. Uh, I don't know if you know of the story of Eli, uh, Samuel. Uh, well, their family lives weren't, weren't any better. Um, they had unruly uh, kids who, who, were ba- who were bad, who just disgraced God. Um, and you would think that Samuel, growing up under Eli, would see the fact that, that hey, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't raise my kids like, like Eli. Well, he had problems too. Um, David, with all the responsibilities that he had, all the wives that he had, um, the children that he, that he had, I mean, that's another reason why God uh, didn't want kings to have multiple wives. Um, because of the challenges not only from foreign wives who would believe something differently um, and raise their kids differently than what the way that he should uh, raise his kids, uh, honoring God, um, you know, there's, there's lots, of, lots of troubles, and, and he's reaping what he's sowing. And so we get to, to, to Amnon, uh, his, his firstborn child, and um, it says that he loved his, his stepsister. And you're like, okay, it's probably an okay thing that he loved his sister. But it was just more than just like a, uh, a family love. It was, uh, it was, it was lusting. Uh, and he uh, lusted after uh, his, his stepsister. Uh, we see a couple of verses here about sexual purity, talking about in the Old Testament, how it was a disgrace, how you shouldn't have your sister's or your father's daughter. Um, and gives all these examples. You shouldn't see her nakedness. And Matthew uh, talks as the New Testament um, version of it. And, and, and Jonabab uh, who was his cousin, encouraged Amnon. He's a bad friend. Don't have friends like, like him. So if you have a friend like him, remove him from your life. He, he's, he's, he's not a good dude. Not a good, not a good friend. And then there's red flags that happen all throughout this story that, that David should have caught uh, and I hope that you guys, um, if something like this happens in your life, you'll catch these red flags. You'll only catch these red flags if, if, you're, you know, if you're in a relationship with the Lord uh, and, uh, and you are seeking him. Um, and so we have the, these red flags that Ammon asks uh, David for Tamnar to come make cakes in his sight and personally feed him. Does that not sound a little odd? Could you imagine asking uh, your, your dad, hey, can you send my sister to, to make me food in front of me and personally feed me? I, at least to me, I think that seems a little odd. Um, like, why? Like, why, why, would, 
Why do you need her to do that? Like, understand, I understand maybe, hey, can you have her make some cakes for me? But to go and have to personally feed me? They just, there's a, not that it's, it just seems like a big red flag. Not that it could not be a bad thing, but it's definitely a red flag. And David, is said that he, 2 Samuel 14 and some other places it says, but, but the Lord is wise, but my Lord, talking about David, is wise like the wisdom of the angel of God. David was a wise man. Not that he isn't still, but, uh, but because of David's sin, David was missing things. Uh, he, um, he, was not, he was not with it. Uh, David should have saw that and should have stopped it right there because that's a little odd. Even for that time, I would think that it's very odd uh, for, for Amnon to ask that. Tamar um, is then, uh, he, she does it, and then uh, Amnon sends, sends uh, everyone away and gets her by herself, which is also a red flag, but David didn't see that. Uh, Tamnar tries to quote um, the law to him to try to reason with him saying, saying Amnon this is wrong like we shouldn't be doing this um, she stalls by trying to get uh, the king's permission even though she knows that he would say no if he if, um, but you know trying to reason with him and yet was not successful and unfortunately um, she um, which was terrible is uh, he ends up he ends up raping her and, and taking advantage of her and that lust then turned into hatred and then he hated her because he saw the sin and realized you know hey that was that was bad and then she tries to you know uh, get her to or she tries to get him to ask David to allow them to get married and try to maybe fix the the, the sin that occurs, but yet um, it makes it worse, and he sends her away, and uh, and it's just a bad a bad deal. It caused greater dishonor to her, and she ended up living unwed uh, in, in Absalom's house. And then when David learned about it, he he got angry. A red flag. He doesn't confront the sin that occurs. Why, why didn't David respond in the same way that he responded for his child? Why didn't he bring it before the Lord? Why didn't he? Um, why didn't he? Uh, why, didn't, why didn't he talk to Amnon? So many things that maybe he did. Some of these things I don't know. It doesn't doesn't say it, but he lets it go which then caused Absalom uh, to, um, to do what he does. But uh, David doesn't confront the sin. He lets it go. Um, it is said um, by daily notes of the Scripture Union, they, they say this about it. They say, he knew his duty, but his hands were tied. This is what willful sin does in robbing us of moral freedom, liberty of speech, and testimony. When we have sinned, when we have done something, there's all that pressure of uh, either right or wrong that, that, that we let some, some of the sins go by. I know there's, 
sins in my life that, um, that you know, sometimes I have seen my kids maybe do it and I probably don't, and I haven't in the past, always confronted it right away because it's like, oh, hey, I've done that too. Um, and I'm okay. It's like, no, that's not the right attitude. Sin should be dealt with quickly and swiftly and, and right away. Uh, all those are the same word. But, uh, but we should deal with sin and not let it linger. Um, David let the sin linger. Uh, David should have learned in his own life that he shouldn't let the sin linger. And should deal with it. He, he didn't. So two years go by and Absalom uh, and, and Amnon aren't speaking that's a problem, red flag. If, you're, if your sons aren't speaking, you know, I know, understand if it's not a daily thing, but uh, if it's been two years and they haven't said a word, that should be a red flag for David to realize something's going on. And then two years go by, Am, uh, um, Absalom has a, a sheep shearing party. Uh, David's like, oh, hey, I don't want to burden you. Um, and then Absalom's like, hey, send Amnon and, the, and your other sons, and the other sons. David should have seen a red flag there. Why is he asking? And, and he did at first, but then he let, uh, he let Amnon go anyway. It should have been a red flag for David. David should have stopped it right there, but he didn't because uh, David, I think, was trying to be a people pleaser. He was trying to appease and... and, and, uh, and um, and make people feel feel better. Amnon uh, is uh, murdered by Absalom. The king weeps. Absalom flees. David's mourned. And again, David doesn't um, confront the sin. Uh, he doesn't uh, cause judgment. Uh, he didn't lay down the law of what should have happened because uh, it was premeditated murder. And he allows Absalom to live. Uh, and Absalom stays in, in Gesher for three years, and next week you'll hear more about Absalom. Um, but the consequence of both Amnon and Absalom, um, they have seen in their father, sleeping with someone that they shouldn't be sleeping with, uh, murdering somebody who shouldn't be murdered. Um, a premeditated murder. Two things that they saw their father do, um, and technically they probably thought their father got away with, um, and um, and so they thought they should, they could do it too, and they would get away with it. And yet, uh, both of them uh, will end up losing their lives and, and not get away with it, and really have n- no joy uh, because of their sin. Um, and so, so what can we take away with a few minutes we have left? Uh, is this, regardless of how, how old you are, whatever your age is, put on the armor of God daily. Uh, make it a habit. In the morning, put on God's word. Uh, read God's word. Be in his word. Um, surround yourselves with, with like-minded people. Because um, there, um, there are fiery darts out there uh, shooting away, trying to hit not all of them, some, you know, might be able to fend off on your own and, and run away from, um, but there are so many out there that you're going to get hit. Um, so you need the armor of God uh, on, on a daily basis.
Others are watching, watching, especially our children, and will imitate our actions. Um, I know, I know, my kids do, and I see it sometimes. Of you know, just kind of messing around with them, and you know, tapping on the back of the head when I'm upset with them, or they do something bad. Um, and you know what? I see them do it to their siblings, uh, and and harder than I do, and then they get in trouble for it. Um, and I'm like, hey, that's that's probably my fault because they're imitating me. And, uh, and what I'm doing, uh, and they are doing it, um, and probably taking it a step farther th- than I am. Uh, and so they're watching uh, the things they say, the things they do, your children, your friends at school, uh, your, your, the younger classmates um, or kids who go to your school, um, you know, the elementary kids, uh, high school kids, they're watching you. The freshmen, seniors, they're watching you. Someone's watching you in the way that you behave. Um, and so uh, we must, uh, on a daily basis, um, um, be careful of the things we do and say. Even in our failures and disobedience, God can still use a repentant heart. He talks about Peter, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. You know, Peter denied him three times. Uh, Peter ended up being restored and he was able to be um, a pillar uh, for, uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. So God's not done with you. If you have sinned, be restored. Repent. Come back to him. Um, be used. Uh, because God, God, God can use, God can use uh, trials and terrible situations of disobedience uh, to maybe impact someone else who maybe is thinking of doing it or has gone through the same thing and you can walk beside him and say, hey, this is what happened. God brought me through it. Um, Let me walk uh, with you through it. Um, And so God can still use you. Um, God loves you. God loves each of us. He sent his son to die for us. Um, We sang so many good songs this morning about God's God's love, um, and so hopefully, hopefully we can take these things away. I know in my life, there's many things I need to take away, many things I need to work on, and um, my prayer is that each one of you, regardless of what you're going through, um, you'll think about these things, uh, that you'll put on God's, God's armor, that you'll be careful of the things you do, um, and will do in the future, um, and uh, may we just continue to honor and give him glory. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this morning for your word. Father, we're thankful for the messy life of David, of so many things we can learn from. Uh, Father, help us um, to emulate the good things of David's life, of repentiveness, uh, that we would desire to be a man after your, after your, your own heart. Uh, Father, help us, though, to um, be like Phineas and be against sin. And, uh, and ravage sin and cut off sin. And uh, Father, let uh, there be no uh, leaven. Uh, let there no be no sin in our lives. May we remove it. May we be harsh with sin and, and cut it off like it talks about in Matthew. Um, Father, um, let us not allow sin to fester in our lives that could, um, that could cause a lot more harm. Uh, so, Father, thank, we are thankful that you are a good and gracious and loving God. Uh, Father, thank you for your spirit 
as he is indwelling in us. And Father, may we be receptive and sensitive to your spirit's leading in our life. And so Father, we just pray that, that you would continue to work in our lives and help us to be more like your son each and every day. In your son's name, amen.